What's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of A Whole Lot of BS Podcast presented by Revolution Sports Performance. Today, we sit down for part one of a two-part series with Rob Hill from Driveline Baseball. Rob is an awesome dude. I had the pleasure of meeting him last year when we went out to Seattle. And uh, today, we sit down and look at his journey through his playing career, what led him to start using Driveline and, and going through their program, and how he has transitioned into a coach. I uh, hope you enjoy this episode, and then tune in next week for part two. What's up, everyone? Today we are here with Rob Hill from Driveline Baseball. Rob is a former college pitcher at Westmont College, which is a NAIA school in Santa Barbara, uh, California. He is currently the manager of technical development and pitch design for Driveline. He is also a dance rush champion. So we are going to dive into some things with Rob today about uh, his journey, um, what he's currently doing with Driveline, uh, what he sees for the future of player development, and um, just kind of what's going on in, in the baseball field is uh, he's with a company that's really a driving force uh, in, in player development now and shaping the future for that. So uh, thanks for joining me, Rob. Really excited to have you here. Um, let's get you started off talking about your background and um, your journey as a player and how you got into driveline. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, thanks, Baird. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, so it's actually kind of interesting. Is uh, It was kind of one of those things where I was getting pretty close to hanging them up. Uh, it was after my freshman year of junior college. Uh, I had a really rough year in terms of like command and just like overall confidence, velocity, everything kind of the the triple, triple threat. And uh, my dad was just hounding me like, all right, well, before you, before you quit or whatever you want to do, we got to, we got to go to this driveline place. This is in uh, like summer of 2014. And uh, I'm like, no, like screw that. Like I can figure it out myself, blah, blah, blah. blah. Eventually uh, things just got worse and worse. So I was just like, all right, you know, I'll concede. I'll, uh, I'll go see this, this Kyle guy down in uh, Puyallup, Washington. And uh, so we show up. Uh, it's at the the old facility down here in Puyallup. I actually live in Puyallup now, but uh, it's uh, down there. We show up, throw a pen. I'm, I'm sitting like 81 to 83-ish relatively. And uh, I'm like, you know, I go through my first day of training. Kyle and Mike actually take me through everything. At the time, they were the only two employees. I was before like Matt Daniels or, or Ben Brewster had ever like worked there. And so, uh, you know, kind of went through. Uh, everything with them decided I want to start coming down started coming down like three or four days a week uh, next thing you know I, I decided to throw a pen about like a month later and uh, I'm like sitting 87 88 and I'm just like what the hell is going on <laughs> and, like you uh, surprised yourself pretty much very much so yeah and it was it was like me and my dad and my old high school catcher just went out and like threw a pen and like gunned it. And I was just like cruising 87, 88, just like pounding strikes. And I was just like, I have no idea what's going on. And, uh, and so like, obviously that helped a lot with like confidence and then like throwing strikes and then went, went back to my junior college for my sophomore year and uh, ended up earning, earning the number one, like starting role uh, and like shoved all fall. And then, uh, so yeah, that's like the, that's like the beginning. Obviously there's, there's more to it, but that's, that's kind of how I got into the whole thing. So you finished out, that was your second year of junior college. Yes, sir. And then you kept, uh, kept going and then you transferred to Westmont for your last two years and played there. Yep. Yep. I, uh, I actually ended up, so this is where I got like 
this is where so like obviously went from a really really low place to like a, a higher place got to like being pretty good looking at schools things of that nature um and then i hurt my lower back actually i like messed it up uh what was i doing it was like a day after we did a ton of running because you know junior college now it does <laughs> uh, we did a ton of running and then we had to like do max deadlifts and like at the time i'm like 19 years old uh 185 pounds just like trying to be strong obviously you know that happens sometimes and uh just like messed up my lower back and then I couldn't I, I ended up messing it up too but to the point where like I couldn't really do I couldn't like rotate or like throw really like normally how I would want to and so I, I was just like okay well I can't do the driveline stuff anymore because like it just like hurts to like get on a knee and do a reverse throw or like mm-hmm. do a pivot pick or like any of that stuff yeah. any of that stuff so I just like stopped doing my throwing program and then ended up uh hurting my shoulder uh at the end of my sophomore year uh, of junior college so then I, I had to get surgery and then I because like I and I attribute that legitimately to just like not being able to do the program that I had done for like over a year at that point did you stop throwing all together at that point to let try to let your back heal and then try to come back too fast or just the yeah. just the throwing program yeah so I I stopped throwing all together for well I stopped like doing the driveline stuff like right as soon as I started as it hurt and I took two weeks off. And then like, as I got back into it, I was just like too afraid to like injure it further to Mm -hmm. do more, to do like more extra throwing. So I would just do like the minimum dose with just like baseballs because like trying to ramp it up, doing anything else would just bother my back too much. But then it ended up just like, at least what I think is like, it ended up just like messing with my shoulder. And then I wasn't able to like sustain what the strengthening that I had done to like my, to my upper extremity with the driveline stuff. So then when I took that piece away, it kind of just left me high and dry. It's one of those things that looking back on it, you're like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I can't do these drill work with the plyo balls or whatever at like 80%. So yeah. I should pitch and try to throw it a hundred percent. Yeah. It makes right? sense. Right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, a so good, yeah. a good reason for why like 19 year olds need guidance and shouldn't try to do everything on their own. Very much so. Yeah. I, uh, that's something I, I talk about with the guys that we train now. It's just like, I really wished that I had had someone older to like kind of guide me through all this stuff. Whereas like, that's kind of what I, I want to be for these guys now. So. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So you finished up your playing career. Uh, you yes, had your shoulder surgery, went on to train more at driveline, correct? Yep. Uh, this will be my fourth summer in a row at the facility. My second one is a full-time trainer. Uh, and yeah. And then I had one, as a, a hybrid uh, intern and a trainee, and then one is just a trainee in 2016. Okay. And so uh, you graduated college. What was your degree in? Uh, communication studies. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as soon as you graduated, you moved up into that intern, um, hybrid intern trainer role to driveline? Uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as I graduated, I took like a couple weeks off. And then, yeah, I came here and uh, was, was full-time ever since uh, June of last year. So you just touched on it a little bit, but if you could expound on it um, a little bit more uh, to what made you go from a communications major to wanting to work full-time at driveline or in in this field. Yeah, for sure. Um, So as much as like communications was my main area of focus in school, it has always been like baseball and biomechanics and strength conditioning and like all those things that I like legitimately studied in school. Um, it was uh, simply to the fact that I didn't have any of the prerequisites to do the kinesiology program at Westmont, like going in that I would have had to do like an extra year and a half. And I was already doing 
uh, I was already doing two and a half college. years. Yeah. 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 Because of the junior college yeah. transfer, it just like kind of screwed me over. But um, yep. like when it came down to it, I kind of realized like, okay, well, all these kinesiology majors that like I know, like they, they know a lot of stuff, but like they can't necessarily tell me anything I know, anything more about pitching than I can figure out on my own or like right. how to make myself and other people throw harder than I could just study on my own. So that was kind of like the route that I went there. And I was always just trying to like figure out how I can maximize myself and then bring everybody else up around me. And so it just kind of, it just kind of sticks, I guess. And I figure that like, it doesn't matter. I know plenty of people who know a lot of things and they're really smart and they can write and they can do these things, but they can't speak and they cannot yeah. tell people how things work and they can't like instruct. So I figured no, out communications that. degree for our field is actually awesome uh, yeah. because you know, I totally agree with you. And, um, I've said it on a few different podcasts where I've known uh, quite a few guys that were a lot smarter than me and probably did a lot better than me and, and could answer the ex- exercise fist questions on tests and all that sort of thing. You know, ace those things. But when it came to working with players, I was better with them because of being a former player myself and just uh, interrelational skills where the communication is obviously such a huge part where, you know, yeah. you doesn't matter how much you know it's how much you can communicate and how much you can coach so i definitely um, agree yeah it's it's a really cool um field to think about like as a a minor maybe for some people that are thinking about going into the field or for um, sure you are driven enough to study on your own uh then it would be awesome to do a communications degree and then self-teach yourself the, yeah the, exactly that's what uh that's kind of my next uh my next step is I wanted to get my CSCS uh, last year, but like I've, I have all the books and I've, I've studied for it a, a pretty decent amount, but just getting more into the pitch design side of things, the driveline has kind of deterred me from that route a little bit, just because that was a whole nother can of worms that I had to learn. <laughs> and uh, yeah. in a pretty, in a pretty quick moment with Eric Jagger's leaving and uh, me kind of taking over the in-house pitch and development stuff. So uh, well, that's perfect. Of- that, that segues into the next, next part of my question is yeah, what exactly is your, job position now and um you know look at kind of how you got there from uh the moment you started working for driveline and for sure how that position's evolved for sure yeah so currently uh i guess i'm the the second in command to eric jaggers uh, as the manager of technical development uh, uh right now basically just because he's he's philly's doing doing all his philly stuff um, I, I'm like the, the head guy in terms of all things pitch design at driveline, uh, with me and Bill Hazel being like the two main skill coaches, the main managers, uh, in that way. Um, when you sorry, say skill coaches, can you define that a little bit more? Uh, just like he is in charge of like all things mechanics basically. Okay. And then like, I'm in charge of like all things in terms of like pitch, uh, design, execution, uh, competition stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was Sorry. We'll finish uh, or ask the question one more time. So, so yeah so what are you doing with that uh okay. you, you answer that part and then um i guess what, what does that mean as far as what you're doing with players and then sure. how did you get there from the first day you started working with driveline to where you're gotcha. at gotcha okay yeah so um pretty much i am just like consulted uh by all the other trainers and like the trainees about like uh, pretty much legitimately everything pitch design so like i wrote out a whole process of like how to set everything up for it um things like that uh, I, I'll like evaluate the new employees and like watch them do it and like give them notes on like how to improve their process. Basically, a lot of it is kind of hard to because like a lot of what I've been doing is like training the new trainers that we have. 
uh, to just get like them a base level of understanding of like what they need to do so they can execute uh, these sorts of sessions when me or Bill is on the road doing uh, the assessment tour that we're doing this summer. And so, um, yeah, pretty much like how, how the pipeline looks is like uh, we have assigned athletes in like our tracking software. And so let's say I get a guy who's brand new. Uh, he comes in, does his assessment. On his day five, he throws his uh, baseline mound velo with like Repsoto bullpen, basically. Gives us like pretty good like understanding of like his arsenal. He'll throw, you know, five to eight fastballs and then two to three of each of his off-speed pitches. Are you um, doing edutronic with that as well with the Repsoto? Uh, not on the baseline, no. Okay. Uh, there are certain exceptions. Like if, let's say, you know, Kershaw's coming for only a week, you're going to get edutronic of him. But yeah. like <laughs> if it's uh, some, you know, college gap year guy or something like that, we'll just grab Repsoto. And then so uh depending on the phase of like uh development that he needs to go into so like perfect example is uh, a kid that we have now uh he came in you know 92 94 uh really good like fastball changeups pretty fire but like throws his curveball and it's like 70 and it's like terrible and so that's like <laughs> and so that's like a perfect example of a guy who it's like okay we're not going to just shove you into a velo phase you're not going to yeah. be pulling you're not going to be pulling down you're going to yeah. throw in the you're going to throw in the pro day cuz he's like 19 so it's like you're throwing in pro day on the 19th and the entire first month of you being here is going to be like all strictly pitch development. So it's like got his Rapsodo stuff, had a meeting with him uh, through like a Rapsodo bullpen again, like just me and him uh, in the research lab to try to like iron out a slider, like getting there slowly. He just throws like a bunch of them. And then we had a pitch design on Saturday, like with the camera, with everything, <laughs> sent him all that information. And then he had another one yesterday another episode of bullpen yesterday so just ironing out his slider trying to give him like something in like the 78 to 82 range uh, that he can showcase uh, going up this sunday so that's pretty much how it'll look for some guys but it, it's just all different all dependent on uh, like what they need and so when you started with drive on you were you know basically just uh i call it like a jack of all trades right you're helping with some with the strength yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. You know, like on on for uh, throwing trainer, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those are probably your two main things that you were dealing with at the time when you started. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was so, kind of just helping out wherever I could, mostly. Yeah, yeah mostly as a throwing trainer, but yeah. So like a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, yeah. I tried to be, <laughs> I tried to be as versatile as I can, yeah. and just like with the summers here, make yourself worth uh, worth something, right? Exactly. And then how I really got into the pitch design stuff was actually so I mentioned that uh. Eric Jaggers uh, obviously was like still works for us, but worked here. Uh, I live with him and I've, I've known him since 2016. And he's like one of oh. my best friends. And I was, uh, I was very tired of watching him like come home at 1am and stay up till four, just like editing videos all night of pitch designs and like doing notes and like reading stuff and like doing all these things. And I was like, all right, screw this. Like I got to help out my friend. Like I can't watch him be miserable every day. So then like, uh, I bought, I just like bought a MacBook and then started editing clips and just like, be like, dude, let me help you. Like he's, he's pretty hard headed in that regard where he wants to like take on everything himself, which is great, which makes yeah. him so, which makes him so good at what he does. And part of the big reasons, like I admire him as a friend, but like he definitely needed help. So then I kind of was like, all right, like just show me what you want me to edit. And then that's kind of how it started. Like these are the videos we want you to edit together. Here's why, blah, blah, blah. And then kind of just traveled, just went down and down and down. So when you when you first arrived working at Driveline, if you could have written out like your ideal job description, would pitch design have been part of that? No, that's actually the funny part. Uh, so Eric, uh, I remember a very distinct conversation with Eric and I, maybe in like 2017, of me just like shitting on Rap Soto 
and being like, dude, that's just stupid. Like you said 2017, you're doing that. Yeah. Probably like 2016 or 2017. Okay. And I was that's just like, funny. dude, I was like, dude, screw all that stuff. Like, I don't care about that. Cause obviously I'm just like in college, like I'll just throw hard. Like I don't give a shit about like all the yeah. data crap, but like, that's so stupid looking back, but that's like, at least it, it, that's why it's kind of funny and it's cool because now I see the true value in all of it. Mm-hmm. And it just makes, it just makes sense. Like I've seen just like so many cool things that it's like, it's, it, it fits a lot more of the things that I would like out of a job than I thought it would for sure. So it's been pretty sweet. That's awesome. Um, I think it's, it's always funny to where you picture yourself going and then how the, the path changes and how you get interested in, like you said, yeah. something that you thought was, uh, basically worthless a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Definitely looking back. All right. So you're still throwing right now. And um, seems like recently following you on social media, you've had a bit of a breakthrough. So talk about what's been going on with your own throwing and what the biggest factors that have contributed to your velocity jump uh, as of late. For sure. Um, So yeah, in uh, college predominantly, at least at Westmont, I was, you know, 89 to 91, uh, top 92, like ever in my life. And uh, when I came back from school and go back to driveline, like I was, I was pretty over baseball. And so I just like, I took six months off of throwing, I think, and just decided like I wanted to get like as lean as possible. Cause I was like, ah, I, I want to take my body to somewhere I've never been before. Mm-hmm. So I, so I was, uh, I came in la- almost like a year ago now, uh, like two forty ish showed up at driveline, like two forty. not like not too, not too dumpy, but like pretty, pretty strong. Like, and how tall are you? Just uh, six foot. Idea. Just like six foot. Yeah, I was I was a I was a burly boy for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was like probably yeah, I was I was, I'm pulling like five hundred for for triples. Like I'm I'm pretty strong at the time, but I just like couldn't really move. But I was like, all right, whatever. I don't care about throwing. So oh, I'm just hold gonna, on, when you say pulling five hundred for triples, you're speaking about deadlifts, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just just, just to clarify, keep going. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. You're good. So um so then like not really throwing, whatever. Uh, but like in the back of my mind, I had kind of hatched this idea to like, let's see how light I can get and like lean and in good shape I can get. And then like, maybe I'll start throwing again. And, but like kind of forgot about that months go on. I end up losing like 50 pounds by like October ish roughly. And so I, I'm cruising around like 190, and I'm like feeling pretty good. Like I'm pretty like light and springy and like pretty strong still like relative to my weight. Um, and I also stopped squatting because I had had like a lot of knee pain. My left knee would always bother me. So I just le- like legitimately stopped squatting altogether. Like all my lifts were just like strength endurance, like just ridiculous amounts of reps, just crazy amounts of volume. And uh, I was doing like two days and just like ridiculous things, but ended up losing a bunch of weight. Um, and then actually how I got back into throwing was one day, uh, I don't know if you've seen Ian Walsh before, one of our former yeah. strength trainers. Yeah. So Ian, uh, got up on the mound and threw a pen and I've known Ian since 2016. And we had this long going bet uh, with a group of guys that like the last person in the group to hit 95 has to get like an ass tat of the driveline logo. And so Ian gets uh, all, almost all the other guys in the group had done it except Ian, me and one other guy. And then, so Ian gets up on the bump and just like throws and it's just like sitting five and we're all just like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, where did this come from? And it's good. And like, he attributes it to just like doing a ton of bench and stuff. But anyways, uh, so he's like, Hey, you gotta go. Like r- literally like right after he's done, he's like, you gotta throw, like you have to. And I was like, shit. So <laughs> I like start warming up, throw plows, whatever, get up on the mound. 
like mind you i've i've maybe thrown two times in six months like since since like my season had ended or seven months and uh like get up on the mound like first pitch is like 89 eight second pitch is like 90 and then just like the rest were like 91 i was just like shit like damn it now i have to like start training again and, like, again yeah and then so over the course of the next few months i just kind of like on ramped i remapped uh my arm action quite a bit because i was i used to be like a very like excess lateral tilt guy kind of jump out of the back leg and then like jump over the top like super super over the top like more so than anyone ever needs to be and uh it just kind of felt like it, it was messing a lot with like the rotation timing of like my torso so just kind of I would jump in early extension and then everything would like open early and then it would just like get a lot of like arm, like lower uh, back of the shoulder uh, issues, things of that nature, lat issues for sure. Um, so I remapped that. I got into a ton of just like overall movement training in terms of like specificity. So like I'll do like a lot of block training, like a javelin thrower would, like all on the mound, um, like very specific stuff. A lot of like uh, – <laughs> I'll do like a heavy loaded isometric, uh, like anterior loaded isometric, like split squat hold, or like split stance hold. I'll just do like eight seconds there. On the mound? Uh, no, just okay. like in, in, in a rack. And then I'll go straight to a, I'll go straight to a mound and do like uh, pre-turns, if you know what that is, if you're familiar. So it's like you turn the back hip in before the uh, front foot lands. And then so you're like landing in that like rotated position. It just okay. like gives, gives your body used to like things firing in that regard. At least I think it does. Um, so I did a, lot, a ton of that stuff and then uh, a lot of overloads. I focused primarily on overloads and then just like repatterning my lower half in terms of like not jumping. So thinking of like the lower half uh, instead of like your hips and you're, you're like pushing off your back foot or something of that nature, I think of it as like you're like falling down, you're going down and then as your center of mass travels forward, you, it's like a down and then your hips fold and turn like this rather than like shift up and then have yeah. to land, have to land in place. Um, and then, so just like, you know, started throwing more, uh, did a ton of overload focus and then, uh, like overload um, on your lifts, like heavy centrics or no. so that, that, that was the interesting part is that I actually have not touched a barbell since November. I okay. like wanted, I like wanted to experiment with, uh, James Kimmer, one of our trainers and just like had him write me a program. Uh, I was like, the one caveat is like, I was like, I want you to help me throw a hundred, but the one caveat, <laughs> the one caveat is, uh, you can't give me any conventional lifts and he's like what and i was like <laughs> i don't want anything like normal dude like at all okay so, so that's that's just for those that are listening that um aren't as well versed in the weight room defined conventional lifts yeah so like i told him i legitimately didn't want any squats like legit like like actual like static like uh sagittal Front squat, back squat nope nothing okay no deadlifts uh Cause that just like, I, the reason I banged deadlifts was cause like, uh, I had started throwing again and I'm like very, very hypermobile. Like I can just like break into the cold splits if I need to, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so I told him I, I like deadlifted after I'd been throwing a little bit and just like my whole scat, my whole like scap lat complex was just like screwed up for like a week. And I was just like, dude, screw this. Like, I'm just not doing it anymore. And then, so, and I already hadn't been squatting. So I was just like, all right, you know what? Just like, give me a program. So yeah, yeah. No squats, uh, no dumbbell presses, no rows, especially no rows. Cause like, I think I overdeveloped my lats and my quads when I was hurt uh, because I, I just like really liked like bodybuilding training, like hypertrophy. Mm -hmm. So I just like would crush reps, but I think it kind of messed with my scapular function a little bit to the point where like, I'm always slightly upwardly rotated. 
and just like due to the nature of throwing like everything is internally rotating right so the yeah. scab will just like slowly creep up and it'll get stuck up so then it won't set back down so then yeah. it's just gonna get messed up no serratus no low scab right exactly exactly so then focusing on just like the overall like health of my body and then with with the lifts it's like a lot of sprinting uh a lot of like impulse based stuff so just like quick reactivity stuff so not not like a just like really training training yourself to like fire immediately rather than like slow push off the rubber like that kind of stuff it's more of like an impulse so so give us an example then of what like one day of lifting looks like if there's no conventional lifts yeah yeah so um so my uh, actually my yeah my initial thing is my warm-up is it's literally 10 minutes and it's called movement exploration so just have like certain things uh that i'll just like get into whether that be like foam rolling or or more dynamic stuff it's kind of just up to me it's pretty variable yeah that sounds like some super hippie yogi i know yeah 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 <laughs> and i mean and it's just kind of whatever i need to like turn because i like some sort of order but i don't like too much order to the point where it's like do yeah. five seconds of, routine yeah yeah of all this like crap so yeah just like i i've done this stuff long enough where i know what i need to do to like get my body ready to perform so that's right. kind of just what that time is and then uh, the first block of like training actually is still warm up and it's a uh, foot prep so it's just like all foot and ankle prep. And so I'll do this thing called musical toes where I'll basically put my foot up on like a box or like a small stand. And I'll uh, like basically switch between pushing my big toe into the box and lifting my other toes. And then uh, pushing my little toes into the ground and lifting my big toe. And like sometimes cramp and then you just, you just ride it out. You just let the cramp go. <laughs> and uh, so I'll do that. And then I will... Um, so that's like the first one. And then I'll do PVC rolls. So I'll stand on top of like a PVC pipe, like a thicker one. And I'll just like log roll essentially. And that gets like tibialis going, like gets the ankles going. Like we're getting ankle stiffness effectively. Um, to be able to like transfer energy as quickly as possible from the back to the front. And then um, I'll have like pogo jumps uh, if you've seen those before. Yep. So like super reactive, like for height, for distance, like for whatever, like zigzags, just all sorts of different patterns. And those are like my first three things we'll do. And then uh, I'll have a power primer of some kind, whether that be like uh, a sled sprint or uh, the worst one that he has me do is like an isometric uh, block hold that I mentioned earlier, but it's without weight. It's just like two to four minutes, just like standing in a block position basically. And like, it just gets everything firing uh, pretty good. Gets like, uh, gets you used to being in that position. Like I feel very strong in that position these days, uh, just like split stance. Um, and then after that, it'll be like, so I have three days of, of the lift and I kind of choose which days I want to do. So it's like a linear day, a lateral day and a rotational day. And so like the linear day is predominantly all sprinting um, with like varied starts, uh, tennis drop or tennis ball drops. Yep. Uh, and then you have to go grab it uh, or like resisted sprints and then uh, like ankle switches and some like overhead med ball work. And then uh, rotational day is just like pretty much all rotation. So yeah, you know, your anti-rotation stuff, uh, you're like push pull on like the Kaiser um, med balls again. Landmine stuff. You do the landmine uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, some landmine stuff. Yep. I didn't know if that was considered conventional for you, since there's a it's, barbell it's involved. A, <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I, I sometimes would be like, nah, nah, not today. That's real gray area. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then and then just you know got up on a bump first time in uh, almost a year or well, like first time with a catcher. Were you doing, were you doing like full pull downs and everything at this point nope. on ramp? Nope. So just, so, just, just yeah, arm so, mapping stuff. Yeah. And, and okay. just like legit, like, like pretty, pretty heavy. It was all on the mound. Like legitimately dude. like I won't go play long toss and lift and, and do a step behind once I'll either be stationary 
like front facing and just rotate through my upper body or I'll do a leg lift at like max distance just because like that's the technique I care about grooving I don't care about I don't care about being good at pull downs you know like I've, I've been I've been good at pulling down since I was 17 like I pulled down like 93 and then like I ended up pulling down 98 before and after surgery and it's just like that's not I, I kind of realized that's not what's going to get me to like throwing hard off the mound yep. learning learning to be on the mound is going to get me to throw hard off the mound yeah, then, so that's yeah. a big distinction here, though. That's something that you figured out for yourself, right? Like yeah, you see yeah. a ton of guys that need the pull downs to organize 100%. their movements and that sort of stuff just to get moving faster. One hundred percent. Yeah, okay. there's there's a lot more guys I would say that at least we get because you know a lot of the guys we get are you know similar situation to where I was when I first came in, which is part of the reason I like my job. But it's kind of last ditch effort. Like, all right, let's see what we can do, and they need that kind of stuff because they need Absolutely. to like really see where their body can take them. Whereas like I needed to like kind of almost dial back because like I, I'm yeah. classic over trainer, like just go way too much and always end up hurting myself or, or screwing something up. So like dialing back away from pull downs and making sure that all my high intense stuff was like off the bump was, was huge. And then through a pen, you know, like uh, in April and was just like sitting 95, which is still an absurd sentence to say, um, but like, yeah. And then, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah my cool. one of my goals. I've I've never hit ninety before. I topped out eighty nine in college. Oh, uh, and I haven't thrown for I haven't thrown consistently since I stopped playing. Yeah. Uh, so one of my goals is to hit ninety this year. And uh, yeah, yeah. So watching that has been been like, all right, dude. If he can hit ninety five, I can hit ninety. Dude, hundred percent. And <laughs> it's actually that's that is what makes me so happy about this because like yeah. It's what I realized like a few months ago is I kind of got away from like that core value of what I really hold near and dear is just like being someone who can have, who can help people realize that what you just said, like, holy shit, like Rob did this. So like, why can't I do that? You know, I'm very open about saying things like that because I really want to, that's, that's the whole reason why. Well, also everything you just explained with your own process is what we're trying to do with athletes, right? Exactly. So exactly. me going through that myself is only going to help me be, you know, that much better of a coach and figure out all those little things that you're talking about um, and fixing for myself or trying to fix them and seeing what works, what doesn't. Definitely. And then, you know, also there's a lot of satisfaction in throwing it back in some high school kid's face that I throw 90 and they don't. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. also a huge underlying motivation. Like, dude, you don't even throw as hard as I did. So dude, no, I, trust me, put more weight on the bar or something. Or, I'm yeah. right there with you on that, dude. Trust okay. me, trust me, trust me. So that's a, that's another huge motivation. Anytime yeah. I can put the high schoolers in their place, it's fun to do. Awesome stuff from Rob today. You can see why guys would like training with him so much just from his personality. Uh, Next week, we dive into technology in baseball and where he sees uh, the hitting and pitching development going. Uh, He's on the forefront of that working at driveline. So uh, get an inside look at what we have to look forward to in in baseball player development. And we also talk on some topics like youth training with weighted balls and throwing breaking balls. So uh, a few hot, hot topics that we touch on next week. Make sure you tune in. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you then.